Hello, everybody. Welcome to Shatter the Glass. I'm your host, Zane Tomich. I do want to start this episode off today by just acknowledging the very notable news that recently came out regarding the messy history of residential schools. And in this case, it's focused in BC, a former residential school in Kamloops, where as many as 215 children, their remains were recovered recently. And it's very heartbreaking, and it's a sad reality of the things that happened in the past. But, of course, there's nothing we can do about the past. All we can do is look towards a brighter future and continuing to rectify the past by standing united and helping others who have been affected by this past to this day still and acknowledging their voices and helping this entire community heal and come together. And let's not lose sight of the fact that news like this should certainly not divide us. This needs to bring us together. We can all condemn evil together with love, but we can't have this serve as a means for more division. We all have to come together in some light and just condemn evil in general. Residential schools were terrible. It was a bad idea. And people got hurt, and to this day, some are still suffering from those effects. And of course, what must be the focal point is what was wrong is pointed out. Mourning those who are not with us today because of those atrocities. And helping the process of healing. And coming together as one united front. And I've been seeing a lot of lowered flags across town in the last couple of days in honor of the 215 children. So that's good to see for sure. People care. So let's switch gears a little bit here. I was itching to talk about this incident in particular. We're talking about Mark Shifley's hit in the Winnipeg and Montreal series. We saw in game one, a monstrous hit on Jake Evans of the Montreal Canadiens by Mark Shifley of the Winnipeg Jets. And there is a lot of controversy surrounding the hit. And today I just want to give my opinion of how I feel about Shifley's hit. Let me make one thing clear first. What I don't like to see is a select few fans going online and personally attacking somebody for whatever reason. I've been hearing that Shifley's been getting personal attacks, not just directed towards him, but his family as well. And we can connect this to the Ethan Bear thing with the Edmonton Oilers, when he received major backlash and personal attacks online from fans regarding his gaffe 
in the Winnipeg Oilers series. And unfortunately, with that situation, race was dragged into it, which, again, totally uncalled for. But that's what bothers me. If you're at a point as a fan where that stuff bothers you to the point that you have to go out of your way and message a player or some type of public figure and wish death on them or be racist or hateful towards them, that's just really uncalled for. And you should really re-examine your purpose of watching a hockey game. You got bad eggs in every facet of society. That's just what you have. Not every fan is like that, of course, but it's unfortunate when when some fans choose to make that decision and be so emotionally connected with one simple incident. And everybody's human here. Nobody is perfect. We all make mistakes. And nobody has a right to be hateful towards the other. For any good reason. None. There's just no place in society for that. Period. Whether it's towards Ethan Bear, Mark Shifley, or anybody. Just as Jackie Moon says, E-L-E. Everybody love everybody. Now let's get into the thick of it for the Shifley hit. This show's called Shatter the Glass. And from time to time, it is our duty to have a hot take. And here's what I'm about to present to you. I personally don't have a problem with that Mark Shifley hit. I think what it was, was a powerful, thundering hit that had a bad result. That you don't want to see. Let's make one thing clear here. It's incredibly unfortunate that Jake Evans got hurt on that play. You never want to see that, ever. And I hope he's okay. But think about it here. If you know hockey, you know that any area, any vicinity around the blue paint that is the net, that's the danger zone. And if I'm Jake Evans, and I'm making the wraparound attempt, I'm going to assume coming around the other side, someone's going to be waiting there, especially when it's a play where everybody's back-checking. Someone's going to be back to put me in my place one way or the other. Perspective is everything too. If you're watching a replay in slow motion a thousand times, you're going to easily point out the flaws of it. And almost forget just how fast that play was actually going. And I don't think it's fair to say that, oh, he was going to score anyways, and his hit wasn't contributing to a goal being stopped. Shifley was just finishing his check, plain and simple, and it's unfortunate that it resulted in a pretty serious injury, but that's hockey sometimes. There's not much you can do about it. Was the hit necessary? Maybe not. Maybe it wasn't as necessary, of course. But what else is he supposed to do on that play, especially when you're in the intense heat of the moment and you only have two seconds to make a decision? And by that point, when he was already almost, when Evans was coming around the other side to wrap it around, Shifley was fully committed. He was right into the hit. You can't just stop that. How could Shifley know this 
skating down the ice. Shifley's mind cannot be made up about this hit until he's at least in front of the net and Evans is springing around the other side. And what we really don't understand sometimes is just how fast the game really is. It's night and day when you're watching in the stands or TV compared to actually being on the ice playing. The speed is completely different. And in light of all that speed, you can also take into account Jake Evans being in a vulnerable position. But if you're in a vulnerable position, you definitely shouldn't have your head down. Think of The Last Dance, the Michael Jordan documentary. And they're playing the Detroit Pistons, and and the Pistons are an aggressive team. They're brutally beating Michael Jordan up in the Bulls, physically. And Jordan and his teammates make a point where they ask themselves a question. Are you willing to get beat up to get a basket? And I'm just saying that logic applies to hockey too. When you're around the net, you're going to take punishment. Now, I'm not saying that that's right, but that's just the way things are. Evans was dangerously in the trolley tracks, and Shifley followed through. Whether he stops a goal or not. And Shifley is a skilled player. He is not a predatory hitter. Far from it. This was a purely isolated incident. So let's get that out of the way. Shifley was not trying to hurt him. But was he trying to finish his check and make it a big hit because it's intensity and it's playoffs and that's what you do is you bang bodies? Absolutely. I've been hearing this a lot, that it's not the 80s anymore. And while that may be true, there's still full contact. And unfortunately, with the speed being as it is, especially today, very fast, you don't have a lot of time to make decisions. And when it comes to big hits like that, a lot of players have their mind made up. And when they're committing to that hit, it's hard to shy away from it. Once you're committed, you're going through with it. And Shifley did it. He followed through like a freight train. And he followed in with his shoulder. It's one thing to see a very blatant headshot. With Mark Shifley, he's just following through with his shoulder. If he had his elbow up or he had a really high hit that in that sense, and it looked like a high hit, but it wasn't blatant to the head. It just kind of worked out that way from that angle because of such an awkward position both players were in on the side of the net there. But I ask you this, some people who are just so outraged by hits and are offended by hitting, what is acceptable to you then? Seriously. Unfortunately, we have injuries in sports. It's going to happen, especially when you have full contact. And not every hit's going to look exactly pretty. But does it mean it was blatant and malicious? No. Especially if it's a player like Mark Shifley. we got to cool it a little bit here and calm down. It's a, sp- it's a sport. It's a game. If you don't like the rough stuff, go watch curling. It's playoffs. It's intense. Players want to win. Stuff is going to happen in the heat of the moment that you don't really have time to think about all the time. I will commend Nick Ehlers, though, for trying to keep the scrum away from Jake Evans, who was face down on the ice. 
motionless, I will absolutely give credit to Ehlers for doing that. And this isn't about saying who's at fault, because nobody really is. It was just one of those situations that materialized into what it was and had a bad outcome. And I think the fact that there was a serious injury on the play turns this hit into a hell of a lot worse of a situation. It's an unfortunate result, which we did not want to see happen. The injury. But I think if Jake Evans is not injured on that play, and he gets up and he's a little shook, but he's not severely hurt, I don't think we're having this conversation to this length. And I will say, the NHL handing out a four-game suspension is a bit excessive. If you really had to make a suspension, I would have went maximum one game. Set out one game mark. But not four. I think that's a bit excessive for the type of player that Shifley is and his track record. Which is hardly anything. I understand the outrage, though, especially if you're a Canadiens fan. I'd be pissed off, too, if I saw my player get hurt. Or get hit really hard like that. But I think personally, it was a hockey play. Shifley finished his check. There was no malicious intent there. He just followed through with his shoulder. And I argue, people are saying that a poke check was more necessary. Or the, the, there was going to be a, a certain goal happening anyways. But I counter you this. Would a poke check really work in that situation? I don't think so. Because he's got two options there. He can either poke in front of him, which if he poked like directly ahead, he would have he would have pushed the puck past the goal line himself. If he would have swiped at it, like you can do on NHL 21, can dive and swipe. But even then, the, the puck could either go directly to the side, into the boards, or you could still contribute to pushing it into the net. So really a poke check might have been fruitless in that play. Shifley could have scored on, scored on himself. So when you think in that situation with Jake Evans, and from what I learned playing hockey, you always separate the man from the puck. That's the proper defensive way. You don't ever puck watch. Ever. You always take the body. Would that have stopped Evans's goal? Probably not. But that was Shifley's point of view, probably. It's a bad outcome, but I really hope that Evans is okay. Anyways, that's my opinion. Case closed. I was talking to my mentor on the phone the other night for about two hours. And I actually, you know, he's usually the one giving me advice because he's so wise and, and experienced. And I really value everything he has to tell me. But I threw him a pearl the other day, I have to admit. And I basically told him that life is like a business of moving parts. There's so many avenues to yourself, to your identity, to who you are, and what your life entails. I speak for myself when I say this. I think we all have some form of chaos scattered throughout our lives. And that's not a bad thing. That's just human nature. It is what it is. We all struggle to achieve balance it's a constant fight to have that medium of what works for us. 
and to make things easier, essentially. But are we ever truly across the board just 100% with everything? I don't think so. If we were, we'd be perfect, and nobody's perfect. And surely, a business is not perfect. But that's why you have to treat your life as if it's a business. Make sure all your areas are constantly in check. Make sure that each area is performing the way it should be. Allow yourself to enjoy some time off. Conduct those yearly reviews. Find out areas you need to improve upon. Areas that are your strengths. You gotta put in the time and effort to make the business of your life function and run efficiently. And you look at every job experience, every experience in general, you look at that as a portfolio to add to your business of life. Add that experience to help shape your identity and your slogan, your punchline. Because that, my friends, is what is going to allow you to stand out amongst yourself. Forget about people looking at you. This is all about you and yourself and your duty to yourself. We all have a business to operate. And we don't have to sit there and compare numbers. We just need to focus on our own selves to achieve those goals. And that's my philosophy of the week. I feel like I've given a lot of that today. But we're just going to enter into the final segment of our show here. I just wanted to touch up, and I'm going to be doing this a lot more often, because I, I I love my hometown, Leduc, Alberta. This is my home. I've been here since day one, and I want the world to know about my home. And to end off this show today, I just want to share with you some general history of our great city. First of all, did you know that Leduc was actually established as a settlement in 1899? It became like a like an outpost sort of settlement. And obviously our founder was a settler from Quebec by the name of Robert Telford. And basically he chose this piece of land right next to a very beautiful-looking lake in what we now know today as Telford Lake. And that was in 1889, so this was a good 10 years before Leduc was actually established, when Telford actually came here and discovered this place. And Robert Telford was an interesting person. He had a pretty solid resume under his belt, when he became a full-blown pioneer. He was once an officer for the Northwest Mounted Police, and he eventually became Leduc's first postmaster and general merchant and the Justice of the Peace. 
and eventually he became the mayor of this town and was also a member of the Legislative Assembly. So our founder was definitely a jack-of-all-trades and a very accomplished and driven individual for the community. The establishment of the Calgary and Edmonton Railway is what really brought the first wave of people into this area. And that happened in June of 1891. Now, this next fact I'm going to tell you, it's something I actually didn't even know myself. So that's the beauty of research, is you learn new things that you didn't know, even if it's in your own backyard. So basically, from what I read on how the city of Leduc got its name, it's said that Settler McKinley set up a telegraph office and a name for the station that was needed. So how their process for that worked was, okay, so the first person to walk into our office, what their name is, that's what the name of our station is going to be called. So they waited and waited. And sure enough, a priest by the name of Father Leduc, who was at the time a well-regarded, well-known priest of the area since 1867, and he walks through the door, and boom, they got the name of their station, Leduc. And basically five years later, the Lieutenant Governor Dudney of Northwest Territories was handed a special list by Father Lacombe. And at that moment, they were debating to rename Telford Place. And that was during the time when the railroad terminal was being established. And of course, on that list was Father Leduc, who was still there and was named on that station, on that list, after all these years. So basically, the conclusion of this story is that they just decided that there was no reason to not use that name, Leduc. So fate brought them to that name that was still on the list, and here we are, hundreds of years later, and we are called the City of Leduc. Alright, let's be honest. That's not really a story you make a movie out of. <laughs> I just thought it was an interesting fact. It's something that I didn't know. And hundreds of years later, here we are. The city of Leduc in Alberta. That's our name. And that's how it came to be. No Hollywood glamour production. Hugh Glass mauled by a bear. Crawling across the mountains. Revenant type of story. We just have a unique interesting period of history that I think it's important to be aware of. It's good to know your local history. But from that point on, things just slowly developed over time for Leduc. Leduc was incorporated as a village in 1899 and a town in 1906. And then they finally became a city in 1983 when their population was at 12,000 people. And something interesting to make note of, when people bring up the point of 
what's Leduc known for? Because every place on the planet is known for something. I had to sit and think about that for a second. Obviously, we're all fans of the Edmonton Oilers here. We're an oil country. Hmm, I wonder what we're known for. And then it occurred to me, and I actually did some research on this, which is actually pretty well known in the public domain. Leduc is known for discovering an entirely new era of oil. We sparked a whole new generation of oil and industry for this area. And on February 13th, 1947, the oil strike of Leduc Number 1 oil well hit. Hit major black gold. And that's where we're going to end things off today. That's what I wanted to save for next episode. We're going to dig deep into the history of Leduc Number 1 oil well and the oil strike of 1947. So stay tuned for that, folks. And I just want to carry over one last thing here about a discussion I had last week regarding the U.S. government and UFOs. It was confirmed that they do exist, but we don't know what they are. Some new information came out in the last week or so. I read an article from BBC News, and it was talking about how the U.S. military UFO report, which I referred to last week, does not confirm or rule out alien activity, as per BBC's headline here. Now that's interesting. So basically this report involved the reviewing of at least 120 incidents. And one thing that has been concluded in this report thus far is that U.S. technology was not involved in most of these cases presented. And a declassified version of this report that's being shared is supposed to be handed out to lawmakers in June at some point. Obviously, the objective here was for the, the Department of Defense to figure out what UFOs are and if they pose a threat to national security. And the report itself documents uh, over 120 incidents of the past couple of decades. And a majority, this is the interesting part, a majority of which these cases are reported by U.S. Navy personnel. And there were some cases that involved foreign militaries. And according to sources based in this article, it's been reported also that they are not ruling out the existence of extraterrestrial activity as a solution or a explanation regarding these cases. And then they present the other side of the coin where a rival country such as China or Russia could be responsible for some of this aerial phenomena, as they're calling it. And that would also be interesting to know that other countries have this incredibly advanced technology, but that they're also violating the limits of airspace. And that is a huge national security issue. You're violating rules. 
But anyways, I don't want to get too deep into this conversation today. I just wanted to share this little tidbit of news that recently came out, an article I just read. Um, we will continue to follow this story more, especially as these details of the report um, sees the light of day. So stay tuned for more information regarding this story. And I just want to remind you too, uh, I was a week ahead when I was doing the solo podcast last week when I said that Noel and Timberlane Kakmak, who are owners of True You Yoga Inc., um, they were going to come on this coming week. But they will be arriving on Shatter the Glass very soon. We're excited to have them. We're going to have an epic conversation about health and fitness and yoga and meditation and how business works. Stay tuned. So please, everybody, I encourage you to subscribe to our channel on YouTube. Um, subscribe to us and follow us on Spotify. And I'm just getting things finalized with Apple Podcasts as well, if you're on that platform. So feel free to give us a rating and also a follow on that one as well. And keep keep up with our social media platforms, everybody. We we like to release funny videos and, and interesting posts and engagements really key for our growth. So, you know, interact with us and keep listening. And we really appreciate you listening, everybody. And once again, I'm your host, Zane Tomich. Thank you very much for listening today, everybody. You have a good night. We'll see you next time.